This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Well, we're only 25 minutes late, but who's counting? Yes, due to some technical difficulties on my end, yes, I'm a moron, we're way late tonight. tonight. Sorry, folks. But all that matters is that Gopher Hockey is back. And, of course, joining me again on this year's podcast, Hammy and Vigo. Guys, how are you? For the love of God, I didn't even know if we were going to be doing one this I'm year at the rate you were going. I'm sorry. I'm a complete mess up. <laughs> Congrats on getting everything going. Took a while. Yeah, I it, it computers they 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 frighten and confuse me. Well, um, this is the ninety fourth podcast, guys. Uh, we're starting to get well, up. How many? Uh, how many years? Somebody asked me that today, and I was like, I don't even know how many years it's been. Is this our fifth year? or Is this our sixth year? I want to say I think this could be our fifth year. Yeah, I know I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time in our old place, so I know that's at least five years ago. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm in my new place in my apartment since I'm now officially divorced, so good for me. We're all having life changes now, aren't we? There you go, ladies. The man's available. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how well that goes. Not well at all. Um, Well, the, the season here is here, guys. Season starts up Friday. At, up at Alaska, up at Alaska Anchorage, um, Vigo, you went to the well. What we'd call the media day today. Um, what's going on down there at the U? Are they ready to play some hockey? I mean, we didn't have an official media day. I mean, this kind of is what it was today. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I think uh, there's been a lot of turnover at the University of Minnesota the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, with Ben Gordon coming on and uh, Corey Millen joining as a student assistant and just trying to figure out how things were going to go this year. I know the locker room was uh, kind of a rush to get finished. And, uh, of course, the late edition of Rem Pitlick as well. So a lot lot of change happening, and I think everybody's excited for them to actually start playing games. How did it all look down there? Did you get to see anything? Uh the word I got is that they are keeping uh, non-hockey people out of that area, at least for a while. I think they want to have, have it be a wow factor to, to recruits when they come in, you know, not having seen it before. Um, all the players are very complimentary about it. And the, the common uh, favorite spot was the lounge. They now have an actual place for the team to hang out on campus in the facility, and that's something they haven't had um, ever really there. So... Um, a lot of the players said they've had a lot more bonding time together. They all get there at Sunday at noon to watch uh, football, and they all go back to their residence around seven. So, sounds like they're they're doing some good bonding in there. What's with all the secrecy, though? I mean, really? dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna infiltrate that thing. Yeah, we've seen it's gonna be like Mission and Mission Impossible or something. I mean, come on, we've seen artist renditions. I mean, can you even? I mean, is it really blocked off to even go down that hallway anymore, Viggs? Yeah, that door that I tweeted out is yeah. um, the only way in. 
and uh, they don't let people in. And I've, I've seen the hallway, and it looks very nice. You know, lots of uh, high-quality photos on the walls and, you know, you know, go for hockey memorabilia and things about the, you know, tradition of the program. So, um, is, so is that? But door, that's about it. Yeah, is that door that you took a picture of? Is that kind of just past where you would, if you were to go straight? I mean, is it just past where you'd go for the visitor bench? Um, so you you'd come in from the elevator down to the lower level. Yeah. And normally, where you go towards the Gopher locker room. Yeah. They have now taken all that space back, and that is now all Gopher team area. Uh, from the sounds of it. Um, visiting teams will not be able to go through that area to get to that bench. They'll have to go through the Zamboni door, like most uh, rinks in college hockey. Uh, wow. So that'll be a bit of a change. I got a funny story about at Penn State. Um, the athletic SID, Brian Deutsch, had to deliver a stick to the bench because they couldn't get through the, the team area behind the benches. <laughs> so that's the way it's going to be at Mary you know. I'm guessing, you know, they, there's access there, but maybe only to, like, a medical area. I mean, they didn't really close off that bench area. It's just that live access to well, where their locker room is. It's T-secured, so you got to have a password or an ID to swipe. Yeah. Okay. And then so all I'm the guessing... visiting team stuff is going to be in a different area because yeah. they, they dug out on the other side of the arena some space there. So. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I might try to get down there next weekend, but it sounds like they're not letting anybody see anything, so. <laughs> Not yet. I think I think they'll uh, want to show it off to the key people here the next month or so. Well, hopefully they do. But uh, you had kind of mentioned a little bit there about Ben Gordon and Corey Millen. Um, Hammy, what are your thoughts on uh, bringing these two former Gophers on? I mean, we had – obviously, Mark Barr was there for a long time. He's no longer there. He took a buyout, and they weren't going to renew his contract and all that type of stuff. And. Ben Gordon's taking over his video stuff and kind of coordinating, and then obviously Corey Millen's there, there as well. What are your thoughts on uh, bringing these two guys aboard? Well, I mean, it's always nice. It's nice to bring additional alums in that have a lot of passion for the program, and um, you know, I'm sure that they'll kind of help in, in any way that they can. I know that there's some limitations based on NCAA rules, but nonetheless, I think it's it's always valuable to have guys that have that kind of maroon and gold blood and, and they really want to see the program succeed and they have a passion for it. And um, having those ties to any alums for that matter, you know, I always think is a positive thing. I, I've never been the one to emphasize that the head coach or every coach has to be a gopher, you know, alum, but nonetheless, it, it is nice to have that kind of passion around the program. And I think that they'll obviously um, add value as time goes along. Oops, sorry, I had you guys on mute. Still getting back into it here. Um, oh boy, I guess we, we better actually start talking about the season, huh? Um, all summer, Hammy, we thought that uh, Rem Pitlick was 99% chance staying where he was going to stay. What made him change his mind and decide to become a gopher this year? Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure it's a combination of factors. I, I think that once you get drafted and you, you have those opinions kind of start to creep into the mix and what's the best long-term plan for a player with regard to their development. And, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of, all, and you know, him probably competing against players, uh, you know, from a U.S. level and, and seeing how he stacks up. I think it's just a combination of factors. But I would guess that uh, ultimately the cooler heads, for lack of a better way of putting it, prevailed and realized that, I mean, when you're 
the leading scorer in the USHL, you know, by a pretty healthy margin, going back to that level for another year isn't really necessarily going to help your develop, development in the long run. He's going to get playing plenty of opportunities to play a good, you know, role here at the U this year. So I just think that that it was just kind of a combination of factors. What are your thoughts on Mr. Pitlick there, Viggs? Well, I think I agree a lot with what Hammy said. He didn't really have a whole lot left to prove at the USHL level. Um, you know, he did get cut from the World Junior Camp, um, so maybe he wasn't quite used to playing with that level of talent. And so for him to really push himself, he needed to play at the university. And I think it looks like he'll start the season with uh, Vinny Letary and Leon Burstead. So those are two veteran guys who will be good for him to play with. I know Vinny uh, has been a little snake bit on, on – scoring goals and shooting the puck but i think he's a good playmaker good centerman and uh, leon works really hard so those are sort of two good guys to play with speaking of Vinny, over under of how many sticks he's going to break this season well he's changed up his model so i, <laughs> I think he's probably going to be under a dozen this year but but hard to tell <laughs> well i think we, i think it ended up around 14 last year and he thought it was funny so as long as he thought it was funny that i was all good with it <laughs> That was just games. I went to a couple practices, and sure enough, we saw more sticks breaking. So <laughs> he uh, he went through at least two dozen sticks last year. And you know, the, the most well, of the team well, uses TCM didn't. Yeah, most of the team doesn't use the stick he was wearing, does he? Or do they? No, because it's a kind of a Bauer team, so everybody's got those, those Bauer sticks, and, and and he was one of the guys who wanted to go a little different. He had CCMs, and, and they didn't work quite as well. So he went to an Easton at the end of the year. I haven't seen what he's playing this year, though. Well, we've talked about Pitlick a little bit, uh, but we've got quite a few other freshmen coming in. So let me throw some names out there, and you guys give me your thoughts on each of them, okay? Mr. Ryan Lindgren, Hammy. Well, I mean, I think that he's going to be a good all-around defenseman for the Gophers. He brings a lot of uh, speed, and, and he, but he has that physical edge to him. I mean, he's good on both ends of the rink. Um, I don't know that you know he's going to step in and be one of those dynamic scoring types, you know. But I think he'll be successful enough that um, he'll add some value on both ends of the rink. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for both him and Zulsdorf to uh, join the team. We they add some much-needed depth, and they certainly have some good talent on both of them. So um, I think that that's going to be something that I'm looking forward personally this year is just seeing the, the additional depth and quality depth, for that matter, that maybe we were lacking a little bit last year. Thoughts on Lindgren there, Viggs? I think he just adds a really good skating defenseman to their team um, and some leadership. You know, he was the captain of that uh, U18 team last year, and I know this team has had kind of a, a lot of quiet – um, leaders who, who lead by example and there's not a lot of voices in the locker room so I think it uh, speaks highly to have a guy who's named captain of a U18 team with a lot of talent Viggs, uh, Hammy just mentioned Ryan Zulsdorf, what do you think about Zulsdorf? Uh, another offensive defenseman, you know, a guy who skates well and can move the puck um, he got traded to uh, uh, City at the end of the USHL season last year to get a little play- playoff experience and he was a valuable part of their team. I think they went all the way to the finals with him on the team. Um, so, you know, definitely a guy who can push everybody. Uh, they definitely have seven guys who can, you know, play 15, 20 minutes a game. They don't have to hide any of these guys. 
Hey, I mean, I look at the rest of these freshmen, and I'm not seeing a lot of guys that are going to play. I mean, we've got they, the, the U-list Tyler Nanny is a freshman. He's not going to play. Um, what about Noterman and Maroney? Or, is it Maroney or Maroney? Well, I mean, I th- well, uh, <laughs> I don't think any of those guys are going to be, you know, doing a lot. They're probably going to be shuffling in and out of the lineup on fourth-level role, you know, kind of here or there. I don't suspect that any of them are really going to be um, consistent presence this year. I mean, unless we have a rash of injuries, um, I just think that some of the guys that played in the fourth line roles last year, they're going to be, you know, kind of returning to that. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be pretty stiff competition, you know, amongst that group. And I don't, especially for a kid, uh, you know, I mean, Norman, I think he's ideally would have been in the USHL this year, but it just didn't turn out that way. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. But I, I think that those guys are not going to see a lot of ice time unless we have some rash of injuries. And uh, obviously the guy who could make the most impact along with Pitlick uh, could be uh, a senior, Mike Smatula. What do you think about him, Hammy? I, I, you've you've kind of pushed him in the past. You said you were looking forward to seeing him. Um What's he going to bring to this team as a – I believe he's going to be a senior or will he be a junior? I'm not well, sure how that's working. Yeah, they might, they might call him a senior just based on – because he was in school last year, but he's junior eligibility because he only played two years of college hockey before that. So I don't, I don't know how they're – I'm assuming that's how they're putting he's, that stuff. He's listed as a junior on the roster. Right, so that's how it's right. Okay. That's how it should be. Um, in any case, uh, he's a very talented guy. He's already – proven to be a point-per-game player on the college level. Um, you know, I had heard reports last year during practice that he was the best player on the team. And so that's pretty high praise, um, you know, coming from people that were witnessing him on a consistent basis. So um, I expect him to be a very effective player this year, probably one of the more exciting players on the team. Um, obviously, they, they've kind of, from what I've seen and heard, that they've got him earmarked on a top line role with like, alongside clues so i mean i think that they're expecting big things out of him uh, from a production standpoint and uh, he's very dynamic and he's had success in his past so i think that um we should have pretty high expectations for what he can contribute smithula what do you think of him Biggs? i think he's going to deliver a lot of offense for them you know they're, they're going to put him right now with clues and cammy on that top line role and and uh, he's going to be a scorer. He, he looks a lot like uh, uh, Liam Bristad out there on the ice, and I think he's better with the puck. Um, so I think, you know, you got a guy like that who can make plays and, and get pucks in the net. And, you know, they're going to need all three of their top lines to, to produce this year, and I, I think they're leaning towards putting a lineup together that can do that. Well, we've talked about the freshmen and obviously uh, the addition of Mike Spatula. Um, but as we always know, successful teams are usually led by seniors and uh i look at our senior class and uh really the only one who jumps out are maybe bischoff and clues the rest of them have been kind of you know eh, for their career um hammy thoughts about the seniors or anything that jumps out to you i mean obviously i think camarada has been the biggest disappointment of them all just very inconsistent and whatnot but uh senior class what do you think yeah, I would agree. I mean, what I've looked at this season, you know, I feel pretty good about some of the players that we have, you know, 
coming in. I feel pretty good about some of the guys that are returning. To me, there's a couple guys that are X-Factors, and the two that, from a forward perspective, that I look at are uh, Cammy and Vinny. I mean, those guys, um, you know, Vinny had a pretty solid year last year, but, you know, I, I kind of expected him to do a little bit better at this point than what he has. But if, if he keeps progressing, you know, that's a definite positive. Cammy's been the guy that has has been well documented. I've ragged on <laughs> in the past. We definitely um, have. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's like he, he had a very good freshman year and it just kind of plateaued and maybe even to an extent um, went took a step, a little bit step backwards. So I, I just feel like he's a guy that, you know, I, I have hopes for and I hope that he will contribute to the level that we always wanted him to as a senior um, if he doesn't, I really hope that Lucia has a quicker hook on things and makes changes a little bit quicker this year because I do think that they have more offensive depth up front this year, so they don't have to just you know keep a guy in a spot just because that's the way it's been in the past or whatever. So I I do think that him and Vinny are X factors for me. I think that some of the other top nine forwards, I feel pretty confident, but. Um, Cammy in particular, I think, is going to be kind of an X factor for the team this year in terms of how far they can go. What do you think of the senior class there, Viggs? Well, I think one player to, to think about is Jake Bischoff, who you know this year is really going to get his chance to be one of the leaders on the team. You know, it seems like his first two years, you know, it took him a long time to to get into a role where he was playing a regular basis. You know, the team when he he came in was very set at defenseman. And then last year, it seemed like him and Brodzinski were kind of alternating who would be that, that offensive defenseman on the team. And it looked like Bischoff kind of won that battle at the end of the year and was you know on the first power play unit and, and playing the most time and playing in the most important situations. And so I think he'll make the biggest jump statistically, I think, out of those guys who have kind of struggled through their careers. Um, and then coming back to Cami, I think the hook is shorter this year. I think they have you know nine guys in their top nine right now who can play, but if any of them aren't, you know, they've got Brent Gates Jr., got Ryan Norman, who are skilled guys in their history who will compete for that spot. All right, guys. Who is going to jump out as that sophomore? Who's the freshman from last year that's going to jump out and make a big difference this year? I mean, Novak obviously had a good year, but, you know, you know, Sadik, you know, in and out – We'll exclude Shearhorn because we know he's the guy, but uh, who's going to jump out, Hammy? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't want to go to the obvious because I think that both Novak and uh, um, Sheehy, you know, certainly have sort of that potential to be that kind of a guy that just really kind of takes the next step, and they're playing top-line roles. So I, I would, you know, I would expect those guys to be showing them, you know, even that further step in production that you would expect out of guys like that. But, you know, I really think Sadik, I mean, I think he's a guy that I, I thought played well when he had the opportunity last year. And granted, uh, he was a young guy. So, I mean, you, um, you know, maybe that the coaches just weren't confident that he was going to be able to hold up over the long haul. I don't know what their reasoning was, but um, certainly I feel like he has a lot of upside and I, I have a lot of faith that he could be a really good player. So, um you know, I think that they're going to need him to step up this year and that he's going to have more opportunity. So 
I won't go with the obvious and say uh, those guys, but I, I really believe that uh, Sadik has got a good opportunity. And I think Norman is another kid that you know probably has an opportunity to really kind of take that next step forward. Any thoughts on these uh, former freshmen jumping up this year in their sophomore year, Figs? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to tell, I think, to pick one of those guys out of the, the lower performers last year, you know. Um, Gates, Norman, Sadek all were, you know, trying to work their way in the lineup, and they got limited opportunities. There wasn't really one of those guys who got on a lot of specialty teams or, you know, was playing on a line that was really clicking. Um, I do think Novak is primed for a jump from what he was last year. I thought he started out pretty well in the first half of the year, and I think he kind of, after he got that uh, hit at Wisconsin, I thought his play kind of diminished a little bit from there. Yeah. And he was one of the guys who put on some weight in the offseason, and, and that was something that he really needed to do to, to compete with the better t- teams because he was a smaller guy who came in uh, compared to a guy like Sheehy who came in and, you know, he was just a rock-solid build already, whereas Novak was behind. So I think we'll see Novak make the biggest jump out of those guys. You know, the other thing I would mention is Gates did have that injury that he was coming off of the prior year, and so hopefully, you know, being a little bit healthier to start the year will give him a little bit of an extra step and to feel a little bit more confidence coming into the season that he can contribute um, versus what we saw last year, which is a guy that I think clearly wasn't necessarily 100% early on, and I'm guessing that probably didn't help the confidence level. So um, he's another opportunity. You know, here's another kid who has an opportunity to maybe step it up. Okay, I've got to ask. I don't recall this guy being on the roster last year. Who is Kurt Simonson? Uh, a big defenseman from, out of Grand Rapids. W- was he on the team last year? Was he on the roster? I, I'm seriously. I look. I see him as a sophomore. And I go. I don't recall his name even on the roster last year. Yeah, yeah, he was. He just didn't. Oh, he didn't play. Oh, don't I feel like an idiot? I'm like looking at this, going, "Gosh, I don't recognize that at all." <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean, he didn't play, so it's not like uh, kind of like a Mitch you know, really Yeah, I mean, I think that you know he's a big physical guy, you know, in his background, and so I'm sure that. Uh, you know, he, he just, you know, and I guess it's kind of scary when you think about it because we didn't have the greatest defensive depth last year as it was. So no. um, the fact that he didn't get in there, I mean, probably isn't going to get a lot of opportunity, but we'll, I guess we'll see. You never know. Well, we'll get back to talking about that defense in a minute. But uh, one thing we we're going to do here is hear from our sponsor, Vintage Minnesota Hockey. They've signed on for another season, so they must like what we're doing. So let's let's hear from them. like to hear from them. Vintage MNHockey.com <laughs> is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. 
So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Thank you, Vintage, for sponsoring us for another season. Now if I could just click the buttons right when I'm supposed to, things would work much better around here. But it's the first podcast, and I've already screwed up enough as it is tonight. So we'll just. I was gonna going to say you weren't, you didn't do very good in your off-season workouts, apparently. Because <sighs> yeah. funny thing is, I tested everything last night, and everything was working perfect. And the, tonight just all went to crap. <laughs> what can you do? Um, well, oh, we uh, talk- it's not how you start; it's how you finish. Yeah, that's what she said. Well, exactly. Um, we were talking about the defense there, and Viggs, you 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 learned that uh, Mr. Glover is can. Uh, nursing an injury and he's not going to play this weekend so do, do we have a solid six and who do you think the six are going to be this weekend when we head up to anchorage well it sounds like glover uh is cleared for contact so he he could have played if they really needed him to but i think this also gives the coaching staff a good chance to look at um lindgren and um Zulstorf this weekend I, they'll they'll play regular shifts along with uh steve johnson um Sadek, um, Collins and Bischoff. I think those are the guys you're going to see in the lineup this weekend. I think the coaches are all confident and all six of those guys to skate and, and do the things they want their defensemen to do, and they'll get a good test on the road this weekend after a lot of travel. Now taking donations for the, the Vigo Audio Fund. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even in the spec. <laughs> yeah, I did. We it caught most of it, of, uh, but it, it, it did cut out quite a bit there, Viggs. <laughs> sometimes it reminds me of the uh, like the Funky Town, the uh, you know, <laughs> won't you take you know that, a little that, what they have the, uh, what do they call I, those guys in uh, Buck, Buck Rogers? No, it was a Buck Rogers. What was it, like Battlestar Galactica? Those guys, <laughs> a that, Cylon. Like, yeah, whatever. It sounds like that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad uh, some things never change. <laughs> and then it doesn't. <laughs> oh, boy. We're just having fun with you, Viggs. Just having fun with you. Hey, that's, I, what, that's what it's for. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's all good. I, I would like to get a, a real microphone someday as well instead of my little stupid little headset. We'll work on it. You know, if this vintage Minnesota hockey thing keeps up, uh, <laughs> you know, we can probably invest it into it. <laughs> Put so much but, uh, into it. Well, let, let's talk so about it. Go, wait, go ahead. Collins. Uh, uh, Bischoff. Now I think I forgot someone. Now that I'm off, off my game, I tweeted it out earlier. Did you forget Johnson? Johnson. Yep. Who uh, I'll be interested to see if he can continue his trajectory. Last year, I thought he was one of the players that made the biggest jump from their sophomore to junior year, or um, freshman to sophomore year. If he can do the same this year, um, he'll be quite the player because I think he gained the most confidence over the season. <laughs> he ain't the whole <laughs> Okay, let's go to you, Hammy. Uh, Tim Hapke wants to know, Is do we expect Shearhorn to play wire-to-wire again this year, or will he get a couple of games off? Uh, well, I think it would be pretty similar to last year. I mean, I think that he'll play the vast majority of the games. Maybe you throw a bone to one of the other guys here or there, if uh, you know, just to give him a break. But I think we're going to be riding Shearhorn pretty much similar to the la- what we did last year. That'd be my opinion. I'm guessing you feel the same way, Viggs. Just keep riding Shearhorn. Yeah, I mean, until Shearhorn shows that he needs some time off, he's going to be the guy who plays all the games. 
Um, with goaltenders, I think a lot of times you go on their performance and their track record, and uh, he played really well last year, despite a team in front of him that gave a lot of odd man rushes up. Zwak wants to know which freshman will have the biggest impact. I would say, you know, probably Pitlick, but uh, I maybe one of you guys think that uh, one of these new fancy defensemen. What do you think, Viggs? Who's going to make the biggest impact? Well, I think Pitlick has the only opportunity to make a big statistical impact on this yep. team. Um, he's going to get the opportunity to play in the top nine. You know, he's getting an opportunity to jump into power play. Um, Lindgren and Zulstorf are the other guys who could make an impact, but I think because the defensemen in front of them have the experience working on the power play, um, you know, Johnson and Bischoff are going to take most of those minutes. So I don't think there's the same opportunity for those guys to make an impact, but I think they will play quite a bit this season. Amy? Yeah, you know, I think obviously from an offensive perspective, Pitlick would be the obvious and pretty much the only one that I would focus on. I actually am looking forward to kind of what the two freshman defensemen are going to bring to the table from a depth perspective. I, I'm excited with Lindgren because I think that he's going to be a good all-around defenseman. Um, Vig's already mentioned, you know, some of the leadership qualities. And so I just really believe that he's going to be an impact guy that, you know, when you throw him out there, you're going to feel confident that uh, you're going to get a good performance out of uh, out of him. And you're not going to feel like nervous because he's a freshman and, you know, is he going to be able to handle the workload you know, right out of the gate? I think that he's got the experience, as does Zulsdorf, but I think especially Lindgren, um, I, I'm really anxious to see how he you know, tr- translate to the college level. I think you know. Besides freshmen, obviously the the the, the biggest new player is probably going to be Spatula. It's it's going to be him who's going to have the biggest impact. Of you know, people don't know who he is. I've never seen him. I mean, most likely, and they, they didn't pay attention to Northeastern hockey. So I think Spatula, obviously, besides the freshman, is going to make the biggest impact of all new players. But. Uh, We'll just have to see yeah, it'd be hard goes. not to when you're getting the first line role with clues on as your center. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless unless he's uh, you know a complete flop out of nowhere, I, I'd be have a hard time expecting him not to be successful. Uh, do we have any concerns about Pitlick? I mean, we've had uh, leading scorers from the USHL come in and do pretty much nothing for their career, like Mister. Well, I mean, I mean, we've seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, obviously there's no guarantees. I think that, you know, people uh, sort of blindly make comparisons with Cammy, for instance, because they're both kind of undersized guys in terms of height. Um, I, you know, Pitlick's a lot more solidly built overall, so it's not exactly the same kind of guy. But I think they see, you know, Pitlick's generally been undersized throughout his playing days, and uh, I think people automatically assume, you know, that that's going to mean something similar to Cammy, and I, I really don't see that being the case. I think Cammy was a little bit more of a one-way player in juniors, and I, you know Pitlick, I think, is a much more of a two-way player, and he still had very good offensive, uh, you know, output. So I think that I, I think that he'll be good. I think that I'm pretty confident. I, you know, whatever number you want to throw out there, I'm not saying he's going to be a 40-point guy as a freshman or whatever, but um, I certainly think that he shouldn't do any worse than what we saw out of. Um, both Novak and Sheehy last year, so I, I think that he's going to be roughly in that range. Well, if you have questions for us and you're on Twitter, just use the hashtag GPL Podcast if you're listening live, and we'll try to answer questions. Um, uh, if you're listening live through Mixler, some people are using the actual app. 
Um, they've sent a few questions, or at least this Paul, oh, I think it's Paul Chatterton. I'm not sure how you pronounce your name, Paul. Um, he wants to know, can you guys please touch on the Lucia contract situation? What's preventing him from signing it? Uh, Hammy, you got any insight on that, on what's going on? Why hasn't he signed it? Uh, I have speculation. I don't know that I have. I mean, I haven't really talked to anybody that I, you know, get my normal information from. But if I had to speculate, to me, it makes me wonder if the deal is pretty um, easy for the school to kind of, I don't know, buy out or to make a change or whatever. And that's kind of creating a, a hesitant coach. I've heard that. I've heard through the grapevine that he's sort of been open with people that this might be his last year as coach. Um, I'm not saying he's going to get fired or anything like that, but more just from a, that kind of a perspective. I don't know if that's just a coach speaking in, you know, to a person in the heat of the moment, not in an angry tone, but just, Maybe you just catch a person at a certain day, and that's just they're reflecting on everything. I don't know, but I, I do think it's interesting because we've been talking about this. What we heard Royce throw that out. I don't even know how long ago that was. Six weeks ago, at least. I, I don't know. Um, we've seen it bantied about in the paper. You see Lucia saying he hopes to have something signed by this time. It, it to me, it's weird. If you really feel like this is where you want to be. Um, then what's the holdup? You know, it, to me, it says there's something in that deal that he's not really liking, and I doubt it's a money thing. I have a feeling it's some other factor, and so I, I don't know. To me, it's a little strange. You hearing anything, Viggs? No, I'm not really hearing anything. I know the last time when he signed his deal, you know, it was I think the the day before their opening game of the season. And so I don't think this has been unusual for Don Lucia and his negotiating strategy, but I don't think there's any impact on the recruits or the program by this going on. You know, you, when you've got guys who are recruiting and committing as a freshman in high school, you know, they're not necessarily committing to the coach. They're committing to the program. And so, you know, I don't think there's a big impact to it. So I, I imagine this will drag on for at least a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the thing that sometimes people get real focused on, but they're looking at it from the perspective of kind of how it is with college football or college basketball when you're basically, for the most part, getting guys committed, you know, one year away from their college entrance. And obviously we know it's a much different thing in college hockey where they're committing three, four years in some instances before they're ever going to be even approaching a campus. So. Um, the Gophers are pretty well stocked in their pipeline right now. So, you, you know, it isn't a short-term issue from a recruiting perspective. Um, I think that that gets a little bit overblown um, by some fans. But uh, I, it is interesting to me because I think that you would think if it was something that he really wanted, you know, they would just sign on a dotted line. I doubt that dollars is the real issue. Uh, so it kind of makes me wonder if there's something there that makes it easier for the school to, make a change and maybe that he's not liking that i don't know though i don't know for sure speaking been of, oh, go pretty ahead. good about not commenting or negotiating through the media since that week that's a patrick Gray. everybody's been pretty friendly in their comments about them ongoing negotiations we'll just have to wait and see 
So hold on, Paul. I'm guessing he'll probably sign pretty soon, but uh, Lucia is a little mystery, mysterious. Um, Hammy, you kind of talked about uh, young guys committing, and well, I want to say in the last month or two, we've had, what, a couple ninth graders committing? And, uh, geez, I think that's getting awfully young. Yeah, I mean, I know that we this was kind of a little bit of a discussion going on at GPL today. Um, and, you know, and I, I don't completely disagree with some of the people that don't like seeing the real young commits. Uh, I agree that we shouldn't be doing it as often as we are. I feel like uh, sometimes I wonder if they're actually trying to get kids to commit because they're more worried about missing out than they are, whether the kid is really you know, somebody that they think is a surefire hit. You know what I mean? It's like you kind of want to get in. it's not official yet either, so they can always kind of dump them later on, can't they? Yeah, I mean, you talking about the coaches? Yeah, I mean, they can. I've always said that that's not something you want to really be doing too much of because you don't want to get that reputation because that's going to hurt you at some point if, you know, players aren't sure you're going to stay true to, to you know your word obviously they're going to be a little bit more reluctant to commit to you so that's not something you want to necessarily use as a strategy over the long haul is to consistently be pulling things because a kid doesn't pan out um but you know if you do it here or there i guess that you know you do what you have to do and certainly if there's going to be a new coach you know three four years from now uh, you know they're not going to be bound to what the prior coach did so you know, maybe on some cases they'll keep them, in other cases they won't. So um, we'll just have to see how it all pans out. But yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily like relying too heavily on you know those real early commits. Um, I wish they'd do it a little less of it, but I understand that there's pressures there. You're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Well, it was kind of interesting. I went to the NCHC uh, media day, and their commissioner Josh Fenton um, talked about something that their their coaches were interested in and it's not allowing any contact with players until they turn 16 so that's no unofficial visits no players contacting the coach um no you know tweeting anything like that until they're 16 and i know the ivy league is very interested in that i think there's a trial happening with um lacrosse programs in the country with you know restricting recruiting that age and lucia went to a meeting in chicago this year to to talk about that more and he said there were ADs there because this is happening across all sports. I think um, Florida State had an eighth grader commit to them in football this year. Oh, so it's just gosh. it's just getting out of hand, and that's that's not helping anybody. You know, it, it looks bad for everybody. I know the Gophers had somebody uh, Maniscalco, Maniscalco right. commit. Look, yeah. I I, I so guarantee you situation where. I guarantee you that unless they come up with some kind of legislation on an NCAA level, that all that talk from the NCHC and all these other places will be bullshit. It will fly out the window as soon as they start seeing these other schools that aren't bound by that, you know, landing a few kids that they really, really wanted. And then they're going to say, we're at a competitive disadvantage if we're not going to be able to do it too. I guarantee you, they won't. It won't last if it is well, legislated by. They're trying to do it. If it's legislated NCAA rule, obviously then it'll happen. But if it's not, if it's just sort of a league, you know, kind of thing or whatever, it, it won't last. It won't. 
Well, I think the Ivy League can get away with it because they're recruiting a totally different kind of individual. But I think the rest of the programs are interested in making this NCAA legislation. for Which is fine. Yeah, which is fine by me. I would agree with that. But I'm just saying that uh, if if there's no rule change on that level, all that talk will end up being empty because they'll start to see themselves as being at a competitive disadvantage. Well, I... I would agree. I, I would like to see it happen because, you know, when I see these guys who haven't even started their freshman year in high school, hey, I've committed to the University of Minnesota. I'm like, really? I, it's just you just don't know how these guys are going to turn out. You just don't. Well, and I'll be and honestly, some of the people think like, well, it's being done because of major juniors and whatever. And to me, it's like if that ki- if you have a kid who's that sort of, you know, kind of waffling on whether they should play college or play major junior, then let them go to major junior. I mean, it's not like you have to have every, I'd rather have a kid who's, you know, 100% committed to the college route that, you know, wants to get his education and play hockey at the same time, because we've shown that NCAA hockey is a perfectly valuable, you know, viable, I should say a route to the NHL. And, uh, you know, all that talk about whether you have to go major junior or not is kind of baloney these days. And so I, if a kid's not committed to that route, then let them go. So don't go with the early commit if that's your only reasoning is, oh, we don't want to lose them to major junior. To me, that's bullshit. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I, I agree. Um, well, our favorite conference, the Big Ten Conference, guys, uh, I am guessing you're both going to pick Minnesota to win the conference again. Am I wrong? No, I would definitely think that, I mean, I think that they're the best returning team as far as overall talent um, and, and some of the key positions especially. Um, obviously, we, we know Michigan has its usual exodus of young talent, so they're not, you know, they're kind of having that turnover, but you know they'll they'll still be I think a talented team, and obviously Wisconsin. I think that with their new coaching staff, they'll have a a much better season ahead of them, even if they're maybe not necessarily stocked with the kind of talent that they'll eventually have. But I think that they'll be obviously better coached, more inspired, and I'm sure that they'll uh, be a much better team this year, which I think is good. I think you know coming into the Big Ten Conference, I think we all thought, okay, Minnesota, Michigan. Wisconsin, those are the teams that pretty much on an annual basis you can count on being amongst the teams that are going to be in the hunt for an NCAA bid. And it has really hurt the Big Ten that Wisconsin has sucked these last few years. We might enjoy it from a a fan laughing at the opponent perspective, but from a big-picture perspective, um, you need Wisconsin to be a viable team and a healthy program, um, not only for our rivalry with them, but also from a you know, the perspective of the conference. Viggs, um, the coaches actually kind of uh, favored a little bit uh, Ohio State. Uh, what do you think about uh, the coaches' thoughts on Ohio State kind of being up there this year? Well, I think Ohio State was kind of a team last year that was almost good enough to be, you know, an NCAA team. You know, they lost so many close games, and it took them a long time to kind of get things going. But I think you saw their holiday tournaments. They knocked off. Uh, Boston College and another really highly ranked team. You know, they had that potential to steal games, and they just didn't do it enough last year. Um, they didn't lose a whole lot. I know they lost Greco, um, but they returned 
a pretty deep team and they're fast. Um, so I think they're looking to prove themselves this year. And the rest of the league is down. You know, Michigan is going to struggle this year. They don't have a lot of high end talent. Um, one of their forwards that they're counting on, Cooper uh, Marodi, he's going to be out for part of the season because of academic issues. Um, Wisconsin is going to have some churn. You know, I think they're going to be better, but I think they're a one line team with Bessie and uh, Cunning. Um, and then you just don't see much positives coming from Michigan State. Um, I think Penn State lost a lot of talent last year. They had a lot of senior leadership that they lost and all have to replace. So I think the the conference is wide open behind Minnesota, but it looks like Ohio State might be that next team. So kind of Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan just kind of following up behind Minnesota. So, I mean, that's fine with me. Um, boy, Wisconsin, like you said, Hammy. Uh, it, it would really help. You know, obviously we do hate Wisconsin, but it would help if they could get going. And uh, – Hopefully, uh, their new coach also brings in a much better style of hockey. Well, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, we, we've, everybody laments sort of been, you know, having the weak conference and, you know, putting a lot of emphasis on how we play and our non-conference schedule and whatever. And, you know, yeah. some of that is going to even out when you have a stronger conference and, and Wisconsin is a, you know, a piece of that puzzle. And uh, like I said earlier, we count on them being amongst those teams that are going to be in the hunt for at least an NCAA bid. Um, and so we need them to be pretty good um, because, it, you know, when when we do beat them, which we will on a consistent basis, even with a new coaching staff, um, we want to, those wins to be more meaningful. And we're not going to get that if Wisconsin sucks. So, um, it, it, it's good for the league. Um, it'll be good for their program. So it's, I think it's a positive. Even if we have a harder time beating them, um, it's still going to be, I think, a positive in the long run. Vigo, do you know who doesn't suck? The national champion, North Dakota Fighting Hawks. And they are making their return to Mariucci this year in early November. Please tell me you're excited for them to make their return. And for the Gophers to be playing them again. I'm excited to see what kind of crowd that is. <laughs> um, it's going to be an expensive ticket into that building to see that uh, battle. But uh, it's fun to see them on the schedule. Uh, to talk really to Brad a little, out, kid. a little bit. He's excited to get the rivalry going again. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Brock Besser is one that got away. And he turned out to be quite the player last year for them, and he got a ring out of it. Um, but they are a deep team. They're going to be fun to watch. The Fighting Who coming back. What do you think, Hammy? Please tell me you're excited. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I have probably not. I have not given it a thought. Oh, about, I have. I swear to you. I. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I knew that was. I knew they were playing this year, but. No, I mean, I just honestly, I don't, I don't really focus like on that. I not, don't get me wrong; I'll be excited when the series gets here, and of course, we'll, I want us to beat them both games. But I just haven't been. I don't focus on one series like that, and I just, I never have. It's just more like I want the team to do well this year. I'm focused on the big picture, and it's great to have a rival back on the schedule. Don't get me wrong, but um, to me, it's at the end of the the year, it's another series. It's just another, you know, how we're going to stack up in a pairwise. Does it 
help us? Does it hurt us? Does it? I mean, I, that's really what I care about. So it's more of the big picture stuff. Um, I know that'll be a good series, and they're a good team, obviously. So it'll be meaningful to whatever, especially if we win two games. But um, I don't know. I, maybe it's because we haven't played them, and you know, at least yeah. in regular season play for several yeah. years. I just. It's just sort of like another non-conference, in a sense, to me. Even though I know it has more meaning from a, a fan perspective, for me, overall, it just it's like another series. Well, we'll get more into North Dakota down the road. But first, we do have some games this weekend. Running a little short on time here, guys. So, thoughts about going up to Anchorage and playing both of them and Fairbanks uh, this weekend, Viggs? You know, it's hard to know what to think about the Alaska programs. You know, their uh, their future is on thin ice up there, uh, not necessarily having funding going forward. So I know that's damaged the, the recruiting process for them. Um, so it's hard to know um, what what's going to happen with them. Now, you know, it's two extra games on the schedule, and it's great for uh, Shearhorn to uh, get back to his hometown and play in front of his friends and family from that area. You know, he's kind of been a journeyman goalie. Um, I know Nate Wells focused on that in his uh, feature for the Pioneer Press that's going to be out tomorrow. Um, and it's going to be a great experience for the team to go up there. But, uh, you know, it is two games for them that, that you know, doesn't count their normal game count for the season, but they do count in the standings. So I, I would expect to see them get two wins. What do you think, Cammy? Heading up to Anchorage. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like uh, the good old days where we'd what be up till all hours, uh, you know, <laughs> drunk watching pod- drunk broadcasts. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, seeing those goofy ass commercials that we used to see if we pick up the internet feed for Anchorage, yep. and um, you know, and, and it always seemed like we would, for one reason or another, have one pretty good game and then one you know, mediocre game up there. For, I don't know if it was a travel or what, but uh, hopefully because it's the first series of the of the year, um, they'll they'll have a lot of energy in them and it won't be any of that kind of lull. And I think the good thing is they have, you know, just an exhibition the week after that. So um, maybe they can put all their eggs and, <laughs> you know, focus on things carefully, uh, you know, this weekend and uh, do success, you know, have be pretty successful. Yeah, as usual, that first game Friday night is going to be a late one, 10 p.m. start. But uh, Sunday they play Fairbanks at 7.30 p.m. Um, um, you can catch that on, looks like the, a stream on WCHA TV um, website. Uh, I think it costs, uh, obviously it's going to cost you some money. I'm just going to I think listen. it's about nine nine bucks a game. Yeah. Is what it is. I'm probably just going to listen to Free with uh, Wally and Frank and just just go with it. I'm I'm I, I, don't need to pay for. They'll it. be there. They're they're leaving them. All. Yep, they are. Let's just let's just get blitzed, and we'll have our own. Should play we do live broadcast and drink, and I can go through a bottle of gin again? If whatever works, man. <laughs> I may have to think I, about that. that. You go was... with the gin. I'll go with the fireball or whatever. <laughs> live broadcast Friday night, huh? Hi. I'll, I'll drink a bunch of craft beer. Oh man, but that's a, you got to drink a lot to get drunk on beer, don't you? We'll have super twelve percent beers. Well, we'll have yeah. we'll have superstar uh, deliver it to us uh, on a tray <laughs> in her like French maid outfit or something like that. Yeah, I'll let you try to tell superstar that. 
Um, we've got another guy with a quick question here. South Dakota Tourism Board, kind of strange, but uh, Hammy, will we have a 50-point score this year? Uh, you know, I, I actually feel like that's – I actually feel pretty good about that. I mean, especially with Clues and Smetula playing on the same line, I think those guys have the opportunity to be very dynamic together. Of course, we'll have to see if that chemistry is there. I would imagine it is if the coaches are going to try to, you know, start off with that. Um, the only concern you have is a little bit is they don't really have the grind factor up front with like they did with uh, – Fashing, so I mean, there's a little bit of that concern if they're going to have, an, but you know, speed kills, right? So sometimes <laughs> uh, maybe you just uh, have that really fast four check and create turnovers and get that kind of transition game going. And but I do think that there's a good opportunity for some pretty healthy numbers for a couple of the guys. Viggs, remember it used to be well, we have a seventy or eighty point score. <laughs> different these days with it all is, the goalies and uh, structure. And the Gophers play a great schedule. I mean, that's one of the things with them moving to the Big Ten is, you know, their schedule is tough from start to finish. And, you know, there's not really, you know, maybe the Mary Classic could be a cupcake, but you never know uh, yeah. what kind of team they're going to play in the second night. Uh, but otherwise, all these teams are, are legit top 20 teams. Definitely. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the whole season. It's uh, it's looking promising for me. You know, I look at that schedule. You know, we've got a home-and-home home in St. Cloud. We head out east t- two times this year. I don't remember any time we've done that in the last 20 years. Obviously, we've got North Dakota coming in. Um, uh, it, it's going to be an exciting season, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I think the team has a good chance this year to be pretty good. I think they're going to surprise. I think there's a lot of better offensive depth, defense. I think they're going to be – improved uh obviously i think Shearhorn, the goalie is of course always going to be yeah. you know a huge factor in it and i think that if he per- takes that step next step he'll be in real good shape so I- i'm really excited about the year um i feel more positive about this season than i did at the start of last season so I- i'm i'm excited for to see what happens well that's about it for this week guys you know we're going to take a week off since there's a exhibition next week and uh We'll see how it goes. Um, well, we're not going to break down the USA team? Come on, man. Uh, no, I just don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, Viggs, though, but at the end of this podcast, I'll add a bunch of audio, and you sent me a bunch of audio. What are we going to be listening to tonight? Uh, you'll get uh, super senior Connor Riley. Mm-hmm. He talks about uh, spending his fifth year at uh, Minnesota. They've nicknamed him Teak, as in antique, around the locker room. <laughs> Wow. But he's not squeaking this year, which is good. He, you know, he's had three pretty major injuries that he's had to rehab over his career, and this year he's feeling healthy finally. So he kind of opened up on that. So that'll right. be interesting. Um, you got uh, Bischoff talking about, uh, you know, a lot of vanilla stuff from him. He's a pretty team guy. He plays it pretty straight. Yeah. Um, you'll get a lot about Shearhorn going back to Alaska. Um, you'll get Justin Clues talking about being a leader. Um, all the players will touch on the uh, locker room improvements. And then you'll get to hear uh, Don Lucia talk a little bit about the season ahead, uh, the team he's got. And then and I asked him questions about the recruiting and um, post-season uh, sites uh, for NCAA tournament. And he talks a little bit about that as well. 
Well, for those listening live, you'll have to go back and listen to the podcast on to hear all that audio because Vigo sent me a bunch of stuff. Um, but like I said, we're going to be taking a week off since it's an exhibition next week. But we'll be back in two weeks to preview St. Cloud State and recap the trip to Alaska. Sorry for all the problems tonight, but I think we've got it ironed out now. So we'll see you in a couple weeks. was Teak, which is like short for antique, but about <laughs> does it feel like it's been that long? I mean, it goes quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I just remember coming in the first year when Buke said Halla, Justin Halla, all those guys were here, and um, all of a sudden you got a lot of a lot of young guys here that, that obviously are my age, but um, it's flown by, but I had a blast, which, but I'm very excited to be back here again. Just uh, just another round of the title, hopefully. Strange being the last rally standing? Yeah, it's obviously different. I mean, the past 20 years, I've played on a team with Ryan and Mike my entire life, so I'm kind of the lone wolf this year. But it's been enjoyable. It's been a little different, but I've really enjoyed it. And Caitlin's still around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much. Well, with this being your fifth year pretty much with the team, uh, what kind of insight do you have for a lot of the freshmen or any anybody else on the team, just for the staple you've been on mm-hmm. this team? Yeah, so, like, obviously I've been – been here for five years now and I sat here out my first year so I've been kind of on the outside um, I played on every line here at a certain point so I feel like I got a, a pretty good amount of experience and especially the young guys you can just pull them aside that say hey they're going to be ups and downs they're going to be some bad days going to be some good days but save the process show up and work hard every day and it will eventually pay off. Did the summer go by quick for you? Yeah yeah it was really quick summer it was it was weird um, like I think it was just because we had so many guys returning in the in the weight room in the summer. It just seemed just seemed so natural. It didn't seem like there was much of a transition just because we only had five training with us all summer. But um, summer flew by, and all of a sudden, like I was talking to one of you guys Monday, it's like it doesn't seem like it's game week already. It seems like we're still doing cabins practice, but um, we're excited. I think we're definitely ready. Don said the knee injury and the surgeries were all behind you. Uh, is it true? And, and was it in the back of your mind last year? Yeah, honestly, last year. Esther was a big challenge mentally. Probably the hardest, one of the hardest years I've had. I was just really critical of myself. Whenever I leave the rink, I just think about, I'm supposed to be doing this, I'm supposed to be doing that. But I can honestly say this is probably the first time in three years that my brain and my body are working together. It always seemed like past couple years they're kind of button heads and um, just not everything was connecting the past few years. It was for a little bit before I got hurt in my, my redshirt sophomore year, but. I feel great skating. I got no knee pain. All of a sudden, I have a clear head plane, and that's honestly the biggest thing. Because my because my knee feels good, all of a sudden my hands and shot feel good. I actually want the puck on my stick, so I'm excited to see what happens. Just want to play free and, and contribute every way I can. How different was your off season, not having to rehab an injury? Yeah, it was it was it was really nice to be honest. Um, honestly, I started skating two weeks after the year, and that was the first time. Like the year before that, I had to wait 
four months before I actually skated. So last April, I was on the ice doing some skill stuff, doing some skating stuff. And even then, I could tell that by putting the work, I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel normal. I'm not going to be worried about my knee. I'm not going to have questions or thinking the game. I can just go out and play and, and react to the game like I always have growing up. Because obviously, it's been a major struggle with that. And I truly do feel the injuries are behind me. It's, it's, it's been hell at times, actually three times to be, a, to be for real. But um, it's, it's definitely been worth it. There's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of days where sometimes you kind of question it just doesn't seem like you're having that much fun, but right now I absolutely love where I'm at. And I've, I've had no second guesses coming back, and I'm, I'm very excited to lead and, and help this team. Like, like I said, the biggest thing is you can have a clear mind and, and not be beating yourself up all the time because you didn't do what you wanted to do at the rink. Does it kind of make you feel like you have to, I don't want to say make this year count, but really squeeze the most out you can out of this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, this is the most fun I've had playing playing hockey just this first month and a half. And since I've been here, like I said, like I was telling Coach, like I, I show up to the rink and I actually look forward to it. Past few, honestly, past couple of months of last season, it was really tough being a captain, showing up and being expected to lead and have a smile on your face. And there's some tough times, even though I was maybe, I don't know, struggling a little bit inside. Um, this first month and a half has been unbelievable. Like, like obviously, new locker room helps and in a uh, new environment, but just the fact the way I feel physically and knowing the hard work is paying off, I, I'm pretty optimistic about the way things are going to go. And, and with that, I, I really enjoy our group and, and the culture we have displaced right now. What do you Getting like about also your forwards back from last mm-hmm. year? What's your early impressions on that group? Yeah, honestly, I think a lot of guys have gotten better. We've had a lot of guys that worked hard and trained hard. And I think, I think we're very skilled, very quick, very skilled. We're going to be tough to play against just because I do believe we're, everyone's a little bit quicker, a little faster. I think we're going to put a lot of pressure on defense on the forward check and the back check. So they're going to be a hard team to play against that can make some plays. How can you lead better this year knowing what you yeah. last year? Uh, like to start off last year, I know Cluse and Bish would say the same thing. We came in and we're used to Kyle Rao or Nate Condon leading and Nate Seth Ambrose. And, we weren't always the most vocal guys, and all of a sudden we kind of had to be the voices in the room. So as we're kind of out of our comfort zone. I think we grew into that. But for me personally, the um, best thing I do is lead by example as a student, as an athlete, and as a person. And I, I think if you treat people well, you work hard, you take care of the guy next to you, whether they need a pat on, pat on the back or kick in the butt, um, I think you definitely got to be there for each guy in a different way. Are you more vocal this year? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird talking. I mean, a lot of these guys are younger, and so it's not, they don't feel that much younger than me because just I still consider myself like a senior in college. But when you actually think about the numbers, yeah, the, it seems really young, some of these guys. But um, it's uh, it's still been a good time. That was you not that long ago. I know. <laughs> I know. In the new locker room? What, What's that? The new locker room? How is it? Yeah. I, so I didn't even I didn't take a peek all summer just because I wanted to uh, – I just wanted to have one big surprise, and it blew away my expectations. Like, the first day I was walking in there, it, it wasn't real life. I, I thought that was going to take a week or two to hit me. We literally went from the outhouse to the penthouse. It's unbelievable. <laughs> just from what we had, a locker room that was nice in 2000, and all of a sudden, I mean, I can't see there being a nicer locker room in the nation, but I, although I haven't seen them all. So. Who have you been skating with? Um, lately, I've been with Sheehy and Novak. It's been fun with those guys. Tom's a great puck mover, and she's obviously a very smart player. 
I think you can mix and match a, a lot of guys on our different lines, which is which is which just shows the depth we have. And I think it's going to be the biggest strength of our team, and we're going to keep improving and working to get better and hope to get the best out of this group. You guys got to pull them. You got to have Jake Bischoff go up next. Yep, thank you, Carter. You know, I mean, I think it comes from a lot of different things. You know, we need good leadership. We need to, uh, you know, continue getting better every single day. You know, we need to have solid defense. I think that's very like important emphasis for us this year. I mean, last year we gave up too many goals each game. I think we need to really tighten up defensively and uh, continue to try to score goals offensively. With uh, the defense losing two people bringing in, do you feel like there's a bit of continuity just with the remaining guys? Yeah, you know, I mean, it definitely hurts losing Sealer and Brown. They're great team guys and uh, very good hockey players, but uh, we also have some good freshmen coming in this year, and hopefully they'll be able to step in and, uh, you know, start making an impact right away. Yeah, with those freshmen, how do you want to lend yourself to be, like, the senior the senior captain to, like, give them good insight about playing the college game? Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely I've been here. It's my fourth year now, so I've uh, sort of know the ropes a little bit, you know, sort of know the systems that Genzel is trying to teach us. So I think uh, just uh, being around for a while, I'm able to uh, really answer some of the questions they have, you know, and uh, just try to be there to help them in whatever, however way I can, make them feel comfortable out there. Alaska's kind of a special place for your coaches. Are you leaning on you guys a little bit about this trip? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, for me, too, I grew up in northern Minnesota. I loved outdoors, so I've never been to Alaska. I'm really excited for that as well. So I know some of the guys are a little, little worried about the long flight, but I'm, I'm really excited to go up there and see what it looks like, and I know uh, Coach and she has been excited, too. Last year, the special teams had a lot of turnover going into the start of the year. This year, you guys have a lot of guys coming back in the same roles. Do you have a sense that that's going to be the case and power play is going to get a better start this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, you definitely hope that's the case, but uh, obviously we still need to go out there and keep getting better and keep working on it, you know. But, I mean, I think people will feel a little more comfortable maybe this year than they did at the start of last year. I know we struggled right away in the season, and, uh, I mean, I definitely feel like we'll be more comfortable, but at the same time, we got to keep going out there and working. Do you get a sense you're going to be playing with the same guys in the power play? Um, I mean, so far in practice, it's been sort of how we finished last year, I think, but... Uh, I mean, definitely things will be up for change. You know, if stuff stuff doesn't work out right away, it's not like we're going to keep keep beating some, you know, until it works. You know, we're just going to change it up. So, I mean, definitely right now it's sort of the same, but uh, we'll see after the first weekend, I guess. How have the additions to the coaching staff helped out or, or kind of changed the atmosphere among the team? Yeah, no, it's been good. I think Corey and uh, Ben Gordon have been great out there with us. You can definitely tell that... Uh, They've both been around the game a long time and definitely know a lot of stuff and just getting some tips and insights that they have has been really good for us for sure. Any northern Minnesota bias with those two playing in for you? <laughs> a little bit. Not too much, but uh, yeah, I mean, they haven't really... Corey Brown's been talking with the forwards more and Ben Gordon, I don't know exactly if he can communicate with us too much out there. I'm not exactly sure on the ruling on that, but I'm pretty sure he can. So. I mean, I've definitely uh, talked a little bit off the ice, so I've talked about that for sure. Thoughts on the new locker room? Oh, my gosh, it's incredible. I mean, it's amazing. It's uh, definitely something special and definitely cool. It shows a lot of tradition that we have here. You definitely definitely feel 
lock you to be a part of the program when you walk in there. What's the best feature for those of us that haven't been in there? It's hmm. the one thing like that stands out. Yeah. Um, I think just having, I mean, everything's unbelievable, but having the lounge there uh, where we can eat our meals after practice and uh, just be able to hang out. I mean, on Sundays they have big TVs in there, so we all come in and watch the Vikings games and that kind of stuff, you know, just be able to hang out as a team. And uh, it's a little more collective, all of us uh, involved together. So, it's the first time you guys have kind of had a team place together, exactly. right? Before yeah. it's all been off campus. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. We haven't uh, really. Our uh, team lounge was upstairs before, so I mean, no one really went to it ever just because it was so far out of the way. So, I mean, uh, we sort of hung out in the training room last year, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, this year uh, it's nice having that to uh, be able to uh, hang out with each other. That upstairs lounge was lovely. All right, guys, we'll bring in Justin Close next. Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, why was your team last year, but it's your team again this year? Does it feel any different? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, I feel maybe a little more relaxed going into the season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, coming off last year, I think this year we got a lot of, you know, obvious leaders as far as, you know, all the seniors. Uh, uh, the captains, Bish, uh, Connor, me, and then also having guys like Vinny and uh, Rogi and Shmatula and uh, Cami. So we got a lot of older guys, so it's nice to have a lot of experience with the older guys. Can you believe how fast the time you know this is your last shot at this? It's crazy. feels like I was a freshman yesterday. Uh, you know, but I'm still going to have the same butterflies, I think, when I jump on Mariucci for the first time this year. And it's, uh, you know, it's a Friday night, so I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully this final one's a good one. How much more comfortable do you feel in your leadership role now that you're the captain last year and you'll be in a similar role this year? Yeah, uh, just more comfortable with everything as far as, you know, warm-ups and, you know, knowing my duties as far as making sure uh, uh, communication with the coaches or the media, uh, things that uh, where guys need to be and what they need to do is a lot easier and a little more stress-free this year, this time around. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll have a little bit better start than next, last year too. What are your impressions so far in Red He's been great. He's uh, can really fly out there. Uh, he's got those fresh young legs and can really get around. Uh, I'm really looking forward to what he can do on the ice. I obviously know he's a very talented player, and uh, I think he's going to step up to you know the heavy uh, playing time minutes uh, and uh, do really well for us this year. You only have one significant spot to fill in the forward lines. Um, so what does that mean for the forwards in terms of what you expect in, in production this year? Uh, Obviously, an improvement from last year. I think we were okay as far as uh, scoring. We had a really slow start, but as the season went on, we got you know fairly uh, deep with, within our scoring from all three lines and a couple of power plays. But uh, I'm really looking forward to obviously guys having another year of experience, being uh, more consistent, and then uh, even the, the guys I guess that are slotted below uh, the top three lines right now to really push because you know those guys have gotten better too, and I think they'll they'll be. Uh, mix into the lineup as far as those top three lines, and they'll be able to produce and help the team out. No one's asking questions about your goaltender. Uh, yeah. Is he a factor? Uh, I don't I mean, I wouldn't plan on it. We're pretty uh, confident in our situation. Uh, and even uh, after Shears, Shears had a good summer. I think he's gotten better. And then uh, the Lermo and uh, Kautzi also look good, and I think a little more healthy than they were last year around. History in Alaska. Is he leaning on you guys a little harder this weekend? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think he's kind of going up there with the high hopes that we, or I mean, the hopes as we expect to get a sweep. I think this one's a, you know, a little more pride for him for himself as far as being, uh, you know, coaching both of those programs at different times. What do you like most about this year's team? 
I love her speed. I love her as far as chemistry off the ice right now is awesome. Uh, you know, everyone's really getting along, and I think it's going to be a team that, you know, plays for one goal. There's not going to be a lot of outside influence as far as uh, other things going on. So I think this will be a really focused group because, you know, obviously last year was unacceptable. So that's uh, – I'm really pumped for the whole thing, and that's uh, about as positive I can be, I think. What have you been playing with in practice? Uh, I've been slotted with uh, Cami and Schmatula for the time being. So hopefully uh, we get off to a hot start and can uh, produce throughout the year. How important is that fast start for you guys, especially this weekend, to get off to that? To obviously, if you want, you guys want to sweep getting to Yeah, that. it's huge. It's huge. Um, obviously, from last year, you can tell how much non-conference matters. We were playing pretty well at the end of the year, and we lost to a, a good team and uh, uh, weren't able to make it. So it's... I think everyone understands the importance of these games, so uh, I think we're going to come out with our best in these first two games. You like the locker room? It's awesome. Yeah, couldn't be more uh, uh, excited to play this one year in it, which is kind of BS, but <laughs> I, can, I can deal with it. No, I was joking around. Uh, I think some of the seniors might want a red shirt just to stick around for another year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's awesome. So much tradition when you walk right in the doors. Uh, it should be really good for the you know years on end. Does it make your job easier as a captain to have that space uh, with the guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think it changes a whole lot. You get, a, you get, a, you get plenty of alone time away from coaches, away from uh, you know outside factors uh, to just be with the guys. But definitely having lounge and uh, just uh, improved everything when it comes to sauna, uh, training room. Uh, it's just nice. Everyone might be in a little more upbeat mood now, uh, but it's good. We're building chemistry. Too. Building the chemistry, Bishop touched on how you guys watch games there on Sunday. You're able to hang out more. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, the lounge is uh, great. It's definitely something that we didn't have last year, and uh, it's a really easy place to hang out and uh, relax on Sunday. I thought last year went, did you, uh, did summer go by fast? How did you spend it? Yeah, uh, summer went by, well, I mean, we've been kind of biting at the bit. The season ended a little too early last year, so it's kind of been a frustrating way to try to, you know, just get back at it and work at your own game, and then uh, once you get together with the team, start focusing on, uh, you know, the real goals that matter. Uh, in the, <laughs> the chair, I'll, I'll buy the showers, yeah. Good. When was the last time you played a quote-unquote home game out there? Yeah, uh, last time I was back home was seventh grade. I think uh, might have been Bantam, or no, Pee Wee Triple A State Championship, last home game. Win or lose it? We won. It's hard to believe that it's your, your travels have taken you, you know, even at that young age, to get all the ground you've had to cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like I, I've got close buddies who, again, haven't seen me play since seventh grade. So, yeah, it'll cool, cool to be up there to kind of show them how I've progressed since seventh grade. Ballpark, how big will the entourage? Not your entourage. <laughs> Ticket buying uh, Shearhorn fan club. Give me a ballpark number. Um, I want to say my mom has gathered uh, around. 25, 30 tickets so far, but that's just uh, student tickets that she's had transferred from other parents. I'm sure there will be uh, more than that. With Holly, knowing that uh, this is the first game season, have you had it kind of circled uh, both for being returned to home and just how, with how last season ended? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I heard Clue say it just in the previous interview. We've been chomping at the bit to get back uh, on the ice and playing games because obviously we didn't like how we ended last year. And, and yeah, I mean, going home adds a little uh, incentive to me. But, I mean, I'm not going into it thinking, you know, that it's any other game. You know, I, I got I to gotta play it 
how I know I can, and, and just like it's any other game, can't let all those distractions uh, get in my way. What, what did you work on over the summer? Uh, part of the things I worked on is kind of staying more upright. Uh, me and JJ felt that I, uh, I was leaning over a little too much sometimes, falling forward on uh, lateral plays, and so that's something we worked on and just getting quicker, stronger in the weight room. Big Ten goalie of the year, you're coming back. What does that honor mean uh, around your neck uh, as a medal? Uh, I mean, I don't read too much into it, honestly, because when you look at it last year, I mean, there's only five teams in the Big Ten, and uh, most of which really didn't have a number one guy. So I don't put too much weight on it, and uh, I mean, I know there's there's room for me to grow, even though I did have that accolade last year. And, uh, there's there's parts of my game, whether it's goals against or save percentage, that I know I can improve and that I need to improve for, for our team to take that next step. How much have you followed what's going on with the two programs up there that this might be their last season? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's too bad. I mean, I grew up watching those games. I, I mean, I haven't thought about it too much. Um, I mean, but it's going to suck because people like the hockey up there and, and it's grown the game. And I know I, I looked up to those guys when I was younger and that's part of what pushed me to want to play college hockey. But, you know, hopefully they can stay, but we'll see what happens. Have you played at those arenas where they play? I haven't played at the Sullivan Arena, you know. Um, you don't really play there in youth hockey, but I mean, I've been there 30, 40 times, so I, I know it pretty well. Something that you've always wanted to do, play at that arena maybe? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I grew up watching the, the Aces, their ECHL team, and, and the Seawolves growing up, and, you know, I, I, I did always remember when the Gophers came to town, you know, that you kind of circled that on the calendar because it was a big deal because, you know, they're, they're one of the programs, so... Um, yeah, I've always wanted to play there. How often do you get back home, even though you haven't been there for so long? You know, not much because um, I, you know you always want to be down here uh, during the off season, whether it's being able to uh, train with JJ and, and be in the weight room with Cal Deeds and just being around the team. Um, I probably get I got back there for two weeks this summer, so most of my summer is centered around training here. How do you like the locker room? It's unbelievable. I, it's, I, I can't even describe it. Like it, it, Everything's top-notch, all you could ever ask for in a locker room, and then some. It's, it's just the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Did you go in from time to time? Like Connor said, he waited until it was done. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to see it until it was its finished product. I, didn't want to have, I just wanted to be blown away right when I walked in by, by uh, the finished product. But will that rub off when you guys go on the ice? Um... I mean, I think the thing that will help most is team chemistry. I mean, we're the last two Sundays since we've been in the locker room, we've we've been in the lounge, at least 15 of us, from, like, kickoff on Sunday football to 7 at night, just hanging around with the guys. So, I mean, that'll help, but at the end of the day, once you step on the ice, hockey's hockey, so I don't think the locker room will play too much into that. What was your experience having your first offseason with Cal Dietz? Um... Well, it was my second because I, I think you can count coming in um, as a freshman. You're, you're in the weight room a lot, but, I mean, it's good. He, he knows what to work on. He's got spe uh, specified things for me as far as I told him. I wanted to get quicker. I wanted to get more flexible, and, you know, I think we accomplished that in the offseason. With that first year under your belt, how comfortable do you feel coming into the number one role this, this year again? Yeah, I feel comfortable. Uh, the coaches have put their confidence in me, and I think – I have the confidence in my teammates, and I kind of know what to expect now, and, and I know what comes with a full schedule of, of college hockey and playing the minutes. So I'm confident for this year.
Thanks. 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 Enjoy the trip as much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Try to debris them, anybody. No marathon? No, no marathon this weekend. Just a marathon <laughs> flight, that's all. I asked you guys if you were leading on them a little bit with your history up in Alaska. This, is this more special to you than just me? Well, it's, it's a combination when you look at uh, I always enjoyed our trips up there. Um, I think it's nice to have the two bonus games. Obviously, once we recruited Eric, um, that's something I wanted to do is, is get back to play games for him. Um, obviously, selfishly, when you spent 12 years up there coaching at board programs, opportunity to go up there and start the year in Anchorage with a couple games and I had a great body trip for our, for our players too and, you know so I, I just looked at it with it's kind of a win-win with, with regards to so many different reasons worried this might be it though um you know what I I, I I know you can't worry about it, but no. I mean, I hope not. I mean, obviously, when you know, I was there when the when the programs began, really, um, and saw it through when you know my second, my first year up there was the second year of the program up in Fairbanks, and, and then I was there when they got in the CCHA and Anchorage took um, and we got in the WCHA, and I think we were an affiliate member in Fairbanks before I left to go to CC and got the job there. Um, so it was nice to see the growth from Division Two. Division One independent to, to being a, a, a member conference, which which had to happen, um, and, and you hope that it, it can continue. And obviously, there's some budget issues with the, the price of oil as an impact on that state. But um, I, I'd still be very surprised if, if they shut both hockey programs down. And you know, on the flip side of that, something I told our players: I mean, uh, they want to get off to a good start. They know what's at stake. I mean, they're talking about their program, and I know they're working hard to try to put as many people in the building this weekend. Uh, as a show of support for their programs, and we, with us playing Anchorage on Friday, and then the Anchorage and Fairbanks is a big rival. Um, that's what they hope to do, and uh, hopefully they're successful because um, you know I, I know a lot of people up there that put a lot of sweat and effort into, into building those programs, and you know for the most part they've been pretty successful over the years and, and important. And I think the neat things with those programs, a lot of the players have stayed uh, when they went up there and. Uh, an Alaskan gal, kind of like I did, and uh, uh, they've stayed and been important parts of the community. How often do you get back up there? Uh, well, I was up there a number of times this summer. Uh, just, just we had a wedding in Sitka and went up there for a vacation. But uh, you know, we've been going up every summer right now, and you know, try to get Joyce back home. So she's up there right now visiting mom and dad. So I'll see her when I get up on Thursday. Uh, how paramount is senior leadership this coming into the season? Well, I think it's important. I mean, I, I really like what I've seen for our seniors right now. I, I think that when I when I look at their roles, they're all going to play very important and key roles uh, in our team, whether it's on specialty teams and and uh, leadership. Uh, I, I think they've all come back in great shape. Uh, I look throughout our lineup and I see guys that have become better players, and uh, that's a good sign. So, you know, we're at the point now we didn't get an exhibition game against a Canadian team, and, you know, we're tired of practice. We, we just need to start playing some games now and, and to be able to evaluate people and evaluate where we're at as a team at this stage. With the number of returning players, especially in the top nine, does it make it difficult to uh, slot people? You know, they kind of fell into place a little bit, and, you know, you have some ideas of maybe who should play with who, but and we've moved them around a little bit. But, you know, the way we have them now, you know, I, I think there's been kind of a, like, uh, 10 guys that have separated themselves. Um, and obviously, some, all 10 can't be in the top nine, so we'll have to allow that to play itself out. But um, uh, I think based on what we've seen, you know, there's probably, there's still spots are going to rotate some guys probably this opening weekend in, in some different lineup areas. But, 
you know, there's there's a lot of returning guys, and, and Mike's, you know, you, the freshmen to sophomores, you know, they have to make more of an impact this year too. And getting Smetula back uh, after a redshirt year, I mean, he was a point of game guy in hockey's for two years, so he's going to come right in and a pretty, I think, seamless transition into our team. And obviously, Rem deciding to come was big, and you know, you see his skill on the ice right away, and he's going to really elevate the skill level of our team. You know, I think you'll, you'll see he'll have a real big year. What makes him so good? Um, he, his vision, I mean, he passes the puck extremely well. He can shoot it. I mean, he's physically strong. I mean, we were reminiscing how I think when he decided he was going to commit to Minnesota, he was about 135 pounds, and now he's 200. And uh, he's really worked at his craft, really worked at his game, and, you know, he's obviously physically ready. And uh, yeah, I think this summer proved it to him with the uh, drafted and going to the camp and then uh, certainly going to the World Junior Camp that you know he was ready to play at a higher level and but it didn't take long in practice to see that he was. Do you like what you've seen from the freshmen so far? Yeah, I mean we're not going to have to count on, I mean probably in the back end more early, I mean Jack Glover's not going to be available this weekend, he had some off-season surgery and he's, you know, he's been practicing he actually is 100% cleared but the doctors just wanted to make sure that he had two full weeks of, of uh, practice under contact before he played and um, so we took his non-contact jersey off Monday, and he'll be cleared to play against the U.S. team next weekend. So it's a good opportunity for a couple of those uh, um, Sulzdorf and Lindgren to get in the lineup right away. Not that was important, as you just mentioned. Is everyone else good at that? Yeah, we, we've been healthy. We, we don't have any issues. Jack is the only one, and you know he had some issues that, that he wanted to get taken care of. Uh, he played with it throughout the year, and I think it was the right time in his career to, to, to get it taken care of. And you know, I, I, I think this, the, the surgery went well. You know, now he's cleared and shouldn't have any issues this year. Other than Pitlick, do you have any other general impressions, early impressions on the freshmen? Um, you know, the, I think the other ones will, will take some time because they're going to have to battle over people right now. I mean, one of the things that even I told some of the returning guys is that, you know, when the year begins, it's a little bit based on what happened last year with the returning guys and where they were slotted and where they're finished. And, you know, so some guys are going to have to, you know, play their way into a different spot or play their way out of a spot. But, you know, I just I, I like what I've seen. Uh, I think we have pretty good speed. Uh, we're not the biggest group of forwards, but uh, I think we have a pretty good skill level and we skate well. And, you know, now we got to drop the puck and play, see where we're at. How are last year's captains handling the leadership role better this year? I think it's just easier in year two. I, I think the hard part when you talked to them last year was, you know, all of a sudden they're the go-to guys in the team and they're the captains of all as juniors. And uh, uh, I think that took a while for them to kind of understand that it's their responsibility and their team at this stage and you know I think throughout the summer that it just it makes that transition that much easier when this year began and okay I'm a senior now you know it's it's my team and you know what I've got to be the one leading on and off the ice and everything that we do and you know we got a good group of seniors or great program guys and they want to be here you know I think probably one or two of them could have left early but they want to stay for their senior year and you know we're certainly glad they did. What effect does the departure of a key player like Hudson Fashing? Well, it's, it's, it's just we're used to it. We, we knew that he wouldn't be back this year. And obviously, he had a great junior season and um, scored a lot of big goals for us. We'll probably miss that big body presence that he, he provided, the physical presence, the power forward. Um, and so we really don't have anybody, in our, at least today, in our top nine that plays that way. We'll have to play a little bit different different uh, with those groupings. Um, but just not only was he a good player, but just a quality kid. I mean, that, that's what you miss just is being, having a guy like that in the locker room. You know, we taped some clips and showed some some entries and goals scored. And, you know, there's Hudson doing all the little detail things to help us score goals. 
He's got a lot of guys coming back and special teams. What's the biggest challenge for you as a coach? Uh, I think you, you just got to find who should play with who. I mean, that's what you don't know like any season starts. I mean, that's always the challenge that, you know, we're going to play game one and how you think maybe the lineup should look, but that doesn't mean game two or game five that it's going to look the same. Um, we have to get our guys all on the same page, whether it's young guys uh, uh, or the returning players. And I think I'm most anxious to see just uh, the returning players and how and can they elevate their game. Technically, you're entering the season the last year of your contract. How does that I'm affect I'm shocked your... you were going to ask me that. I mean, we got it, right? <laughs> how does that affect your thought process? It doesn't affect it at all. I mean, hey, in what we do, I mean, we're all kind of year to year, aren't we? How long is your contract? Uh, we don't have contracts. Oh, yeah. does that affect your thought process? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, the year begins, and you're just excited about the year, and, and that's the process. And you know, I, I feel good about the talks we've had and where things are headed. Is it back burner until the season ends, or you want to get? The, the yeah, I don't think it's going to be in the back burner. The NCHC and Ivy League have been talking about recruiting starting too early. Last year, you said you didn't have a magic wand to change it. You, is that still the case that there isn't enough? Well, actually, I was part of a group of coaches that met in Chicago uh, this summer and uh, about our game and some of the things that we want to do, and that was obviously a topic of conversation. Uh, I think we looked at, I think lacrosse has a model going right now that you can't have any contact um, or, or even an unofficial visit or a phone or an email with anybody until uh, the first day of school their junior year. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all on board on that. And um, I think a lot of people are. Now, I just, I don't know if it came through, but I think I read something about the Ivy League presidents mm -hmm. stepping forward, and I don't know what the status of that is. I just saw something on the Internet about that. But, you know, I, you know it'd be great if it happened. Uh, but until it does, I mean, we're going to be forced to recruit young, young kids. And, uh, but if we do make that change, that, uh, you know, I'm all, I'm all on board. And I think it's, in the big picture, it's probably the right thing to do. And hopefully it'll happen, not only for our sport, but all sports. Because I think that's the concern that's trending. I know because we had ADs at that meeting, too. And it was very interesting to hear the ADs' comments at some of the programs about how it's happening in soccer and volleyball and, and some other sports as well. You know, they're recruiting for, you know, three years down the line. How's the new AD taken interest in hockey since he's been? Well, I, I mean, he's just a, a class guy. I mean, uh, I think he's going to do a great job here at the university. He's, he's all in. Um, he was here before, so he understands it. He knows it. Uh, knows the you know the the trials and tribulations. Of, I think of any coach. You know, he was a former player. I think that helps. Um, and I just he's just a good quality person. And I think that's where it always starts. This is the last season that regional sites have a location uh -huh. set for postseason play. Do you have any off-season meetings about that no, or discussions? No, 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 nothing. I mean, it's that would probably get talked about more. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know if there's a great consensus on that. I think that's pretty split within the, the hockey body. I mean, some people would like to see it on campus. Some people like to see the regional sites that they are. Uh, I don't see it necessarily changing unless um, it was mandated from the NCAA like it is in other, some other sports. Uh, now we're going that route in the Big Ten. You know, I think it's good. I think you get on campus sites. You're used to playing there all year. You know, you get that little bit of a hometown crowd. But, you know, the reality is is that, you know, somebody's earned that right to play at home. And we all play on the road, and we have to win on the road all year as it is. So, I, I don't know. In a one-game shot, I don't know how much it really matters. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks. As much as you can. I will, other than the five-and-a-half-hour flight or five hours. Hopefully we don't have a head.